Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Rhino Show, we talk about how we rehab our non-athletes after ACL reconstruction and if there is any difference between what we do with our athletes. And we also talk about, I forget, uh, rehabbing your own injuries. Rehabbing your own injuries. The Ask Mike Rhino Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Pete, uh, Boston. Champion PT and Performance in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Ring review us on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. I just black out and go through the yeah. intros and stuff. Just keep asking us awesome questions from the website. Go to MikeRonald.com and ask us stuff. Boston students' questions next. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> students, I, w- I want... You guys introduce the physical therapist. I want to see. Oh, him. all right. Okay, so we have um, Mike Scudo, um, uh, MikeScudo.com, um, and Mike is originally from New Jersey. Uh, we have Dave Tilly, um, Shift Movement Science. Uh, May, take it away. All right. Abort, <laughs> abort. We got Dan Pope over here, fitnesspainfree.com, and Lenny Mac. PT, <laughs> what's my website? At Len Mac on Twitter. Uh, Do I have a website? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a subscriber. <laughs> she did not learn about low back pain this morning. That's pretty funny. So awesome, very good. Len, your turn to get back, Adam. All right, I want to introduce the students, but no, they can introduce themselves. Tell us something cool about fun yourself. fact. Fun fact. Say, what's your name? Where do you go to school? What's your website? Kidding. And then and <laughs> one fun fact. One fun fact. All right, Karamay Chef. I go by May. Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Check. Fun fact, I ride horses. Is that a fun fact? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. What's yours? I ride horses. Uh, Nick Giacopello, uh, Toro College in Long Island, the New bull. York. Horns up, go Toro horse. College. Ride it. And my, <laughs> my favorite ice cream is strawberry. Oh, really? whoa. Yeah. Yeah. On its own? Or? Fisher Market Recyclopath. <laughs> I guess. Whoa. <laughs> so I guess boring. on its own. Yeah. Sometimes I, do, I go one ah, scoop strawberry, one scoop chocolate. Is that called that's Napoleon like, when it's oh, all yeah, fruit? That's Neapolitan. Yeah. Neapolitan. Nobody wants vanilla in there. Stop eating vanilla and strawberry. No, I do. Vanilla strawberry is good. Chocolate strawberry. I like it. All right, before we get into our questions, Mike, quick fun fact from Mike Scaduto. Fun fact I was in a movie when I was about 12 years old and it was filmed in my house. The full version's on YouTube. It was a Sundance. What's going on? Sundance Film Festival award-winning movie. Check it out. It's called What Alice Found. Uh, written and directed by Adrian <laughs> Bell. Wait, what did she find? What did Alice find in your house? Check it out. Like, Alice from the Brady Bunch? Like the maid? Check it out. Check out the movie. Written by Adrian Bell. I thought this was going to be like fun, like crazy fact. Not like, I wanted a Snapple like fact. Not a, <laughs> was this like a non-humble post? Uh, that, that's my icebreaker. Weird flex. All time. Are you in the Actors Guild? I am. I have an I, IDB. IMDB. IMDB. Actors Guild. I have an IMDB. Oh my god. Kendrick. Kendrick's off. Is that a disease? Google this. Google this for me. Get, just wave at me when you have our answer. Yes, We're going to yes, two marked. It was that one, then Avengers. What do we got, May? What do we got for questions? Let's get to the questions. 
put on Apple TV. All right, Nick from Chicago. Hi, team champion. I've had a couple non-athlete patients on my schedule who tore their ACL during normal activities, such as running to catch a bus. How do you guys handle ACLR rehab for someone who isn't very athletic and didn't really exercise prior to their injury? That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine tearing your ACL like running for a bus. Just going for it. Uh, I know, like, we don't, I don't think we have the full story. Yeah. That sucks. You missed the bus, too. What, Len, how, yeah. how do you, yeah, there's no way they made the bus, right? Ruined so, that day. Len, what do you, how do you, what, what do you do different in your post-op rehab for ACLs with your patients uh, that are not hmm. trying to get back to a sport? Right, I mean, I just, Getting them back to their function. So if they're not trying to get back to football or basketball or some kind of jumping sport, then they're probably not going to need to do much of that end-stage plyometric type stuff. It depends on the person. It depends on their body type, their goals. Uh, she needs to run to catch a bus every once in a while. She, I'm assuming it's a she. So why are you assuming it's a she? They're going to make, bus catch. Gonna make her a return to bus program. <laughs> Return to running to the bus program. Oh I, I think How do you it, simulate a bus taking off from the <laughs> clinic? Wait! <laughs> Sorry. But I still think nothing changes for the probably the first 12, 16 weeks, right? You're still getting the range of motion back. You're still getting the swelling out. You're still getting their baseline strength back, whatever that is. And then what's their ultimate goal is, I mean, up and down steps. Walking is a plyometric type move, movement. Every time you take a step, you're Definitely receiving the weight on that knee and having <laughs> to true. be able to control it. So there are still concepts that you need to utilize for people that are non-athletes. But maybe this is the wake-up call for this person who tore her ACL or his ACL, right? What was that? They need to be a little, better, a little bit better shape to be able to handle the stresses of regular life. You know, maybe this is their, their <laughs> moment to shine. So, so, so you would sh shame them? In the I would shame them. Them. I would, yeah. And, uh, no, I mean, again, it's it's getting all that baseline stuff back, and then figuring out, you know, how are we going to get their quads to get back to a hundred percent to what they were before the uh, before the injury? So get them an Uber gift card. Exactly. Get them a, sh a chauffeur. All right. Would, would anyone? Would anyone? So Len said it was kind of similar. Would anyone go slower? Anyone go slower with range of motion? I would definitely go slower with exercise because I've never done it before. They need to learn yeah. how to just well, squat. Yeah, well, let me say advanced. You would go slower with advanced strength. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, put words yeah. in your mouth. You would still do. We, there's no reason to go slower with with, with rehab. Yeah strengthening sorry, much stuff. more teaching well, of movement yeah what about range of motion I have though? a feeling if this is a non-athletic person the doctor would probably talk them into an allograft so a cadaver um, or right. some kind of soft tissue graft like a hamstring and we know those healing that healing time takes longer than an autograft patella tendon that's bone and bone so you're going to have to respect the healing times of the graft so you don't stretch it out so you would go slower maybe with some maybe some open chain stuff or even some weight-bearing stuff because you don't want to swell the knee up and maybe even cause extra stress on the ligament. So, yeah, you, you would go maybe a little bit slower knowing what the graft is, but I think just overall you're still going to get the emotion back. You're not going to kill them and push them in a ton of pain. I never do that anyway with my athletes. So I think it's not much changes besides knowing the graft and the ultimate goals, you know? Um, I guess switch a little bit, but I think one of these things that's really challenging with this patient population is that you have to set these expectations for exercise, you know? We tend to work with a lot of athletes, and, and athletes getting back is actually phenomenal because they want to exercise, they want to get back. So we're giving more and more, they actually feel like they're being more athletic. It's, it's, it's helpful. Uh, what's tricky is that if someone who's not used to exercise, like they have to be able to tolerate a decent amount of work to get back to certain activities. The thing I find really challenging is I have someone come in and they'll say, you know, they don't really exercise much, but they want to get back to the point where they can like, I don't know, play basketball or like do like these random activities that are pretty challenging. 
So I'll just be very open with them and let them know. It's like, if we want to be as safe as we possibly can, we're going to have to treat you like an athlete for these next few months, and you have to be diligent with these exercises over the course of time. Um, the other thing I think is really helpful for athletes is trying to figure out what they'd like to do and what they want to get back to and making plans and goals that revolve around what works well for their lifestyle and activities and things they enjoy. Uh, because, I don't know, for people who don't like to exercise, it's really hard. It's like trying to learn how to you know, floss regularly. I think that's uh, acceptable. It's just hard to exercise in general. I think, to make them. I think the mental side of this, too, is this person is going to come in, and I've seen this a bunch, and say, I'm not an athlete, so you don't have to treat me like one. And because they're surrounded by high school and college kids that I'm treating for ACLs or any other sport, and maybe it's not even ACL, and they psychologically they're like, I'm not athletic, you don't have to push me, blah, blah, blah. And you need to figure out a way to convey your message that they still have to get back to an athletic type movement called walking and up and down steps, <laughs> things of that nature, which doesn't feel athletic, but it, it kind of is when you tear your ACL and your quad becomes mushy. So um, I, I still think there's the, there's the conversation of building that person up and, um, and letting them feel as if they are making gains that are going to be different than the, the college athlete or the professional athlete. So there's that psychological game you need to play with the person too and not let them feel too overwhelmed by the process. Anybody else? <laughs> Let me nail it. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, solid, right? Good. What else? We got another question. Let me hear it. Karen from Olympia, Washington. I'm a PT student just finishing up my final rotations. My issue is that I seem to be constantly injured in my own pursuit of staying active. I have a harder time rehabbing my awesome. own injuries than I do managing my patient's injuries. Any insight on being your worst, pa- your own worst patient? Dude, props for admitting that. Yeah. I like that. Well, I, I like the way they said being your own worst patient. That's yeah. pretty good. So, Dan, you seem to injure yourself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what, what do you think here? I mean, obviously, I thought of you with this one because I know... You know, you know, you, you like to push the limits, right? You're getting old. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think that does happen. You know, you start kind of accumulating these injuries over the course of time. And uh, I call them, like, little threats, right? Because they're not bad. They're little tweaks, little things that kind of nag from time to time. Um, but they tend to become an issue that pops up in the future if you're not careful about the way you modify your training, right? Right. So I think a big thing that I've learned over the course of time is that you can't just go in there and expect to do whatever program that's out there on the market, you know? Uh, what works really well for one person is going to not work so well for another from a standpoint of performance, but also from injury, you know, getting hurt again in the future. So I always bring up my hip as, I think, a good example. It's one of my kind of longest-staying injuries. It's something that's kind of been off and on for years now. Um, it doesn't hurt. It's, it's pretty good. But I just have to be careful with what I do um, from a training perspective. So um, I come from a background of a lot of squatting, right, a lot of sports I've done. You know, people squat a lot. And uh, it's one of those things where some of the people that I'm training with are going to be squatting two, three, four times a week. Uh, where I squat maybe one or two times a week, and I have to be careful for how long I squat for one or two times a week. Like, I might be able to get away with a couple months worth of two two times a week worth of squatting, but after a period of time, my hip's going to start getting aggravated. I have to back down to once a week, you know. Um, I'm not as great with back squats as I am with front squats. I tend to feel a little bit better. Um, you guys know I have some chronic Achilles issues. So I'm always <laughs> doing funky stuff out here. So a big part of my own training is preventing some of these old injuries from popping up again, you know. Uh, what I will say is that that's going to take a lot of uh, smarts, obviously, and learn how to deal with it. Sounds like you have the smarts, the smarts, I guess, uh, whoever's asking this question. But then, like the actual enactment, right? I have to do like calf raises twice a week. I don't like calf raises; it's not that much fun. You know, and I do a whole lot of stupid stuff in my warm up just to prepare myself to to be okay in the future. I think a big part of that is saying like, okay, you need to do extra work to make sure that you can feel good doing things you like to do, and things you like to do, you might have to back off a little bit. Um, that being said, I think it's 
really smart to get someone to write programming for you. A lot of people come to me and come to like a combination of myself and key from people out here um, because they're coaches, because they're PTs and they're smart, but um, they're missing something and they're not writing the smartest programming. So it's great to have an outsider come and look at all these things and actually design a program that's built for you. You know, um, it's just hard to, to write one for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would just recommend when you transition to more of like your working life to just reevaluate your goals a little bit with fitness and like what you want to get out of it. So. Dan and myself, and I'm sure many people who are graduating when they're in college, like they're probably doing some sort of like you know athlete athletic stuff, or they just want to be high level fitness. And you know, for me, example, I was like training four hours a day. It was like my life. That was number one priority. But then as soon as I graduated and got a career, it was no longer the main goal of mine. So I had to kind of like reevaluate. Like, okay, I might only get an hour in the gym, or I'm doing a lot more general fitness now because it's it's just it's not specific to any one goal. So. I think maybe taking a peek at what you want to do, if, if health is just a priority, it's a different you know programming outlook than if it's like your main thing. If you want to be super competitive and still compete in something, that's, that's awesome, but just realize there's a trade-off there between work, career, health, and you know specific training. Love it, nice, good stuff, good episode, another great question. Uh, for those that want to continue on, Kindred, what do we have for information? Come tell the crowd. What? I got what it right here. So, yeah, no results. Come yeah. here. Come first, here. F- first Google search. Come, come say hi. Alice wants more from her life than yeah. her small New Hampshire town can offer. This 18-year-old's plan is to drive to Florida to start anew. She New wants Jersey. to be a marine biologist, and Florida has dolphins. <laughs> Alice hits a, a detour in her journey when she meets a friendly middle-aged couple who must be living at the Skadoodle yeah, Compound in New Jersey. When Alice's car breaks down, they take her in, and she oh. lives with Mike Skadoodle. Wait, wait, wait. What was your role? I ate dinner. I ate fake dinner. There was no food in, on the plates, but I pretended to eat uh, at my dining room table in, in some scene. I've never watched the movie. The problem is, the last sentence uh, is, but before long, she discovers the dark motive behind their kindness. Yeah. So apparently, dum, the, dum, the, dum, the yeah. skadoodos no, were not I, so kind to her. I haven't seen it because my mom wouldn't let me watch it because there's, I think it's R-rated. Is this on Netflix? It's, uh, it's, it's on a YouTube. drama and a crime. It's, it's a 6.5 out of 10 on Ooh, IMDb. That's, not ter- that's better 16% than uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, not bad. Wait, so how old were you? I think I was around 12. Did what you have Alice a 5 o'clock shadow? I had a beard. They made me shave. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty impressive. Well, thank you again, everybody. Another great tidbit. Kinder, thanks for being camera shy and not wanting to come on camera. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Head to MikeRound.com. Click on that link to the podcast and keep asking questions. And be sure to go to iTunes, Spotify, even YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll keep doing these episodes for you. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.